Find out the colors of you. I see them too, and boy, I like them. I like them. I like them. We wait to fly to partake in all this hate. We out here vibing. We vibing. We vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. And a quote, Spencer Hall. Welcome. Welcome. First fight brought to you by Pride of Detroit and the Pride of Detroit PODcast. We do not explain what PODcast stands for here. We have first bite with bite spelled B Y T E. What is a bite? Well, if you use computers, that's like the, the the thing of information, the unit of information. But it also is a bite, like a bite, taking the first bite, getting you ready for Lions versus the New England Patriots on Sunday Night Football. And Ryan isn't here, so he can't. Oh! That's not the theme anymore, Jeremy Reisman, fearless leader at Detroit Online. That's not the theme anymore. They it's went with forever. something else. No, it's the theme. I don't. I don't care. I don't care what NBC does. It's always carry Underwood in my heart. NBC? What is NBC doing? I don't get it. Like, hmm. <laughs> anyway, we are going to be talking here about what is going on here with the Sunday Night Football game. We got here, uh, let's see, I will say this right off the bat before we bring in our guest. I've already been doing my NFL picks each week. Uh, I missed week one, and now I am back into it. Uh, The line right, the total right now is like 52, and I believe the line is six and a half. Thank you, Jeremy. It's seven according to ours. VI consensus lines move, Jeremy lines move. It's probably even moved by the time you're listening to us, dear reader. Like I took under 52. Now it's up to 53 and a half in a few places. That's the magic of Vegas folks. Now let's bring in our guest, Brian Phillips from Pat's pulpit. He is a friend of our, the show. He's been with us a few times. He is at B Phillips with two L's underscore S B. Brian, how you doing? Gentlemen, how's it, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Brian is a Michigander, so it's not going to be any kind of mass hole here with us today. I just want to let <laughs> you all know the room is cleared of that kind of stink. And speaking of stink, I mean, New England Patriots, let's just be honest. I think a lot of people are looking at this game thinking the Patriots have got this in a laugher, but I want to talk about how the Patriots season has been so far. Now, you start with a close one over the Texans, but still, you know, home opener, at home for the New England Patriots, 27 to 20, respectable score. But then on the road in Jacksonville last Sunday, in a game that saw the Patriots just getting stomped pretty mercilessly through the first three quarters of that of that game, Jacksonville 31, New England 20. And I guess the mood up in the the great northeast Atlantic is not so hot right now. Yeah, well, it never is in September unless they're four and all. Um, you know, it, 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 all off season, it's just been, it's been an off season of just takes, you know, just takes flying all over the place and, you know, uh, a lot of narratives and whatnot, but, uh, through two weeks, um, 
it's been kind of a tale of two, you know, tale of two weeks. The week one win, uh, got, both games kind of the final score didn't really dictate how the the game flow went. Um, they they handled Houston pretty well uh, in week one, um, and obviously last week in Jacksonville, it was a, uh, it, was a it was a bit of a shit show. Um, they uh, <laughs> down three down three scores at one point. Um, and getting it handed to him by a, uh, a, a Leonard Fournette-less offense led by Blake Bortles, who looks like what Blake Bortles' facts wants him to look like, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, let's get into that, because uh, I, I want to just kick it off with this question. How do you let Blake Bortles throw 376 yards and four touchdowns? And my follow-up is, please tell me it was because of Matt Patricia being gone. First of all, that's the first time I think I've heard the actual total box score stats. That hurts. That physically, <laughs> oh my God, that hurts. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, it's Matt Patricia's fault, yes. Clearly. Okay, perfect, um, yes. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. There's no other explanation. And, uh, you know, if he would just, you know, you could, it's almost as if the pencil behind his ear affected the Patriots defense from a different organization thousands of miles apart. You know, um, it's... Uh, no, you know, it was just a, um, it was just one of those things where the Patriots offense has been kind of sputtering and, and trying to, uh, trying to find its identity with this lack of playmakers on the outside and uh, kind of juggling some injuries. And, you know, when you, when you're playing on the road against a contender and a team of the defense like Jacksonville's and you get, you know, you get down in the, uh, in the down and distance and you don't kind of keep pace and you lose the field position battle and the turnover battle early. Uh, that's what happens. You know, you, you start, uh, you start reeling a little bit and you gotta, gotta tip your hat to Jacksonville. Uh, if you're a Patriots fan, they, they really went, you know, straight hashtag analytics on the Patriots and, you know, passing, passing in, you know, third and short, second and short situations and, uh, and, and making sure they had the ball last at the end of the half, making sure that was a priority of theirs and then keeping the foot on the gas the entire second half. Uh, it was actually really, really impressive out of them. Well, you heard it here, folks. Mass holes out there everywhere tipping their toques and saying, fuck you, to some North Floridians. <laughs> I don't even know if I did a good accent. I, Boston accent eludes me entirely. You sounded you... like a Norwegian who lives in Quebec. <laughs> that's about my approximation there. Okay. That's that's better. That's like I can't do North Atlantic at all. Like I, I've spent too much time in the South. I just can't do it. Okay. Like, yeah. So it's been a tale of two different sides for it. And I think everyone serious out there thinks the Patriots probably get back on track, considering, you know, schedule out here looks as always pretty decent for them. They pull the NFC North and they pull uh I mean that usual AFC AFC East schedule, which is always some good home cooking and the AFC South. So I, I do want to just kind of go over a few things. First off, um, first off, a lot of people, once again, mad about ESPN decide, daring to write about the new England Patriots and their coach, Bill Belichick. How dare they? How dare they? Good, sir. And I can give you that, or we can talk about your current rushing leader. Can we please talk about our current rushing leader first? <laughs> My <Please>. man, Rex Burkhead, <laughs> 86 yards. Let's talk about him. So 
he's been, uh, you know, hampered through the end of training camp with a little bit of a, uh, I, I don't even, it's some kind of undisclosed lower body injury. They almost, they're almost run it like hockey with their injury reports. But well, um, it also says here from about four days ago, Adam Schefter saying he's got a concussion as well. That makes sense that, yeah, just about everybody I think in this uh, Sunday night matchup has a concussion. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that makes three guys, you know, Trey Flowers and Pat Chung both have concussions too. But yeah, um, you know, with Rex, they've been, uh, they've been deploying him a little differently and uh, it's been, I wrote a piece for Pat's pulpit today about uh, personnel packages that came out and, uh, and just looking at those through the first two weeks and, Really, when he's been on the field, specifically in the Jacksonville game, when he's on the field, they're running the football and they're running it out of big sets, except for the, you know, the, the end, the very tail end last possession that they had against Jacksonville. They actually ran the ball like four times straight with him, but out of, you know, passing formation. But, you know, he's been on the field with, uh, with two tight ends and James Devlin quite a bit. And, you know, there's not a lot of room to run when you're, when you're, you know, and, and they have made no bones about it either. They have only thrown the football twice out of this package. You know, they've ran it out of 17 times and uh, they're making, you know, no bones about it. Hey, we're going, we're, we're just trying to grind out. It's big 10 football. Um, we thought we'd see a little more versatility out of him, but uh, with, you know, with the, uh, the concussion, he also had a hamstring, I believe it was in the training camp. They've been taking it a little slower with him. Um yeah, so it's been kind of kind of a mixed bag, and especially with Sony Michelle back now, it's it's going to be kind of tough on those fantasy owners out there. <laughs> that's the important part. By yeah, the way, yeah. by the way, you mentioned that it's it's like Big Ten football. That's probably not the best thing you want to be right now if you've been checking your Saturday scoreboards. Uh, <laughs> next story that we've seen from this week has been either a giant mistake or a genius coup once again. Apparently, depending on who you listen to on the pickup of Josh Gordon, who was waived by the Cleveland Browns and swiftly gobbled up by the New England Patriots, because I think that was the only logical outcome that could happen to that saga once Cleveland had cut him. So tell me, tell me, like, I mean, right now your, your receiving leader is Rob Gronkowski, which totally makes sense. But I think, you know, probably the, the Patriots are looking for some help on the wideouts. So what does Josh Gordon bring to the table there? Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's a huge, a huge pickup. Um, obviously, his talent goes without saying. Um, and, you know, with his off-field baggage and whatnot, you know, being what it is, um, it was just such a low-risk, high-reward type of move. Um, you know, the, t- the takes are flying, of course, with, you know, bringing a guy like Josh Gordon in. But what, it, what I'm not hearing a lot of is, you know, how – how available this guy has been since last year. You know, he has been active since week 13 and, you know, very, very, very good uh, despite lackluster talent around him in Cleveland. And of course it's a tough system to pick up in New England. He's going to have a lot to learn, but uh, you, you know, his, his job is going to be doing what he did in Cleveland, get, getting the ball downfield, making chunk plays because uh, I went back to 2013 and this team hasn't had this, few red zone trips through Tom Brady's first two games with the offense. Obviously it's weeks one and two going back to 2013, except in 2016 when it was weeks four and five, uh, they only have 17 red zone snaps and they only have three inside of the opponents, 10 and one inside of the opponents, five. And that is uh, about, so when you have 23 and a half percent of your red zone snaps 
coming from inside the 10, as opposed to no less than 50% every other year, you're just not getting the opportunities. The analytics are just sitting there, you know, telling you your touchdown percentage is low. So you have to get into the red zone. And that's where Josh, Josh Gordon, that's his specialty between the 20s, stretching the field. And it's what they saw with Brandon Cooks last year, uh, drawing so many deep ball pass interference penalties, stuff that doesn't show up on the box score. Uh, that's going to be his job. Chris Hogan is terrible. I've maintained it. I get hell from Patriots fans for it. He's really just bad. And he's got a couple of touchdowns now to pad his stats, but he's, he's just, he doesn't separate. He's a product of the system. Uh, and to be yeah. honest, I wouldn't mind it just being Philip Dorsett and Josh Gordon out there when they're running two wide receiver sets. They've got- I was going to, I was going to say, cause looking at the, cause looking at the, the, results right now it's not like Cordale Patterson's doing any better than Hogan right now either so they're like, they are using him so awkwardly and it's 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 to be expected because he's not a good receiver so he has no nuance with the route stems and, and you know they're using him on a couple of quick screens and some jet sweeps and whatnot uh and then chipping on defensive ends from the slot and stuff like that but it's it's awkward and it's you know when Philip Dorsett is your most dynamic playmaker on the outside uh you know, credit to him. He's made a big, he's made big strides this offseason. He looks a hell of a lot better. Um, and the offense is working nicely when they target him. But when he's your number one threat on the outside, it's, you know, you've got to make a move like bringing in and, and bringing in Josh Gordon for under 700 grand this year and having two years of control with him. Is, is, yeah. Just is, take a, yeah. Take a flyer, huge upside there. I mean, it's, it's you know, he like, could be cut in three weeks. They could cut him in three yeah. weeks and, and, and it would, it would cost them, you know, 30, you know, maybe, maybe a hundred grand. You know, isn't it amazing what it, it isn't it amazing what a past with addiction does just turns everyone into just the worst kind of Puritans in the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. The takes this week have been have been terrible. Um, the guy, like I said, like, the guy's been sober for at least a year, at, we, at least a year and a half that we know about. And yes, it could be any day now. We could relapse. You know, that's how it goes. I, I myself am. am, am Somebody who's struggled with addiction, I know the deal. I know how it goes. And, uh, you know, but it's, it's the, the takes are just so bad right now. It's people, it's, it's the people that want to see him fail. Are, it's, it's pretty, pretty frustrating. Well, we've, we've been talking a lot about the macro with, with signing like Josh Gordon. Let's talk about the micro on Sunday. You mentioned that it's a tough system to learn quickly. Do you expect to see a lot out of him? Is, is he going to be out there for the majority of the snaps there on Sunday? Do you think, I know this is a tough question for you to answer because you're not in the coaching staff, but what, what are your expectations for at least his availability on Sunday? You know, I would say there's probably a 50% chance he's a healthy scratch. Really? Um, just, just because he had the little hamstring tweak of whatever got him cut mm-hmm. in Cleveland. He came in, he's been, he was limited in practice yesterday. I know there was video of him catching footballs, you know, doing light drill work. Um, but I, I, and I haven't seen anything about his his participation today uh, up to this point. But you know, there's still a chance. I, I feel that the Patriots are going to go in with a, a heavy ground game ment- mentality on Sunday. Um, but and I and I know they feel that they can still get done what they need to get done with their same personnel they've had while they kind of get Josh acclimated. Um, but if he does, if he is active, uh, I would maybe think to see him kind of like we saw when they uh, kind of rolled out Kenny Britt the first time they rolled him out and you kind of saw maybe six or seven snaps, you know, chunks, chunks of three or four plays. Um, Maybe, uh, and and maybe it's just a red zone look or maybe, uh, you know, just on a certain personnel package. Um, Obviously I would love to see him in 
11 personnel and just, you know, running Burks. But um, if he's if he's healthy, that's what I would expect, maybe six to 10 snaps. All right, we've talked a lot about the offense. When we come back here on First Bite, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Brian Phillips from Pat's Paul. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball for the Patriots and maybe start talking about the Lions here too, just to get get an eye on how Patricia might be able to go up against his old mentor from New England in Bill Belichick. And of course, we'll talk about the things we think we know are going to happen in what we do in place of predictions. Stick around. First Bite returns after this break. Tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me, somebody to love? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. Somebody to love. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. And we are back on First Bite Preview Podcast for the Pride of Detroit fam out there. The crew, the crew bringing you another Pride of Detroit podcast. We have talked a lot about the new additions and nuances of the New England Patriots offense with Brian Phillips from Pat's Pulpit. Now let's move on to talk about the defense of the New England Patriots. Brian, uh, I know there's been some rumbling over there about a couple of pieces on the Patriots, I was just looking, I just had an article up um, about Donta Hightower. Just what, what can you tell us about just where the Patriots defense is right now? Yeah, so, it, you know, and kind of stick with this tale of two games, two different, completely different games um, from week to week. Uh, the Patriots defense, as it stands right now, they had a tough time setting the edge in the run game um, and, and, setting the edge in, in their pass rush last week. We saw Blake Bortles running all over the place, you know, scrambling for third, uh, third down conversions and, and just getting out of the pocket and extending plays, which uh, you wouldn't expect out of a veteran like, uh, like Adrian Claiborne, a free agent that, you know, they brought in on a two-year contract free agency. Um, uh, but when you lose Trey Flowers in the first, in the first series of a game, you know, you're going to feel that impact, uh, you know, for the rest of the game. And Trey Flowers is, is so critical to what they do on that, in that defensive line, uh, especially on third downs. Um, but, you know, they, you saw so much, so much trouble with them getting horizontal guys like Corey Grant, uh, the running back for Jacksonville um, really made them, you know, really made them look bad at, at, at times um, crossing routes and, and things. We have big guys like Kyle Van Noy and Dante Hightower trying to cover guys in space and, uh, across the field and getting them sideline to sideline. It's, it's been a, a real issue for them. And Eric Rowe, their second, uh, their, their CB2, if you will, uh, has struggled. He got benched last game as well. But uh, it's just, you know, another September in Foxborough. A calamity is ensuing. So to me, kind of sounds very similar to the kind of stuff that's happening in Detroit. Having trouble setting the edge, getting pressure, uh, cornerback struggling. Uh, I mean, obviously there's a lot of parallels you can make between the defenses because Matt Patricia's in there, but it seems like personnel wise and, and issue wise, all the, the problems are kind of the same. Am I, am I reading that correctly? Yeah. And you know, I know with, um, 
Well, I know for a fact that Detroit can't have been as bad as the Patriots on third downs. Uh, I, they, I know they're not great, but uh, the Patriots are like 28th right now, and they're allowing 48% of, uh, of, of their opponents for third down conversions uh, to be converted, which is just poor. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's really an issue of, of when, when they're not setting the edge in, in the run game, and you've got guys like Dante Hightower who, who are just getting gassed on the outside. Uh, they're, they're great at slipping blocks, but the, I mean, there's just not, they don't have the team speed, even in the linebacking core that I would say that Detroit has. Um, I think the, the difference there would just be from what I've, uh, the uh, limited amount I've seen with Detroit is, is more, about, more about getting off of blocks and over pursuit. Would, would I be correct in that, in that assumption? Yeah, a little bit. Definitely at the linebacker level in terms of over pursuit, and then yeah, the the defensive front there is is definitely having trouble getting off their their blocks, especially in the, in the run game, which has been, as I'm sure you've seen from the stats, quite disastrous. Um, but the Patriots themselves also not so great in run defense so far. I believe they're giving up what four seven a carry so far. Yeah, and it's funny because they they were so good in the in the first half of this Houston game, uh, and I've been I've been a guy who has absolutely dogged Malcolm Brown. Um, defensive tackle, first round pick out of Texas a few years ago, and uh, they didn't pick up his his fifth year option for next year. They declined it, and it, it, the guy just hasn't progressed whatsoever. And I keep seeing him. I've seen him for the last two years, just getting manhandled by any kind of competition that is at all above average. And Houston's interior offensive line is just really bad, really really bad. And uh, the second half, they kind of got into a groove rushing a little bit uh, just because they were down and they uh, the, the Patriots were in more dime personnel, expecting more, you know, a little more prevent. And there were some draws and stuff that gashed them. But last weekend, uh, when they when they went up against, you know, Andrew Norwell and and uh, uh, their center, oh man, uh, Linder, uh, they got manhandled pretty good. I think Lawrence Guy was the only guy on the interior that made any kind of noise. And obviously, again, losing Trey Flowers is huge in the running game. The guy is a three-down monster. But um, are you guys willing – are you telling me that Ricky Jean-Francois is getting, is getting worked off the ball in Detroit? <laughs> he is. I'm, I'm assuming I'm you're well aware of that story then. <laughs> I don't know. Is there a story behind it? I, I just thought that was an overwhelming, like, career. That's like his arc, you know. That's, that's, Rick, that's our, you know, RJF. It, hey man, you want you want the Patriot way. You want the Patriot way. <laughs> How is Deshaun Hand looking? I'm I, I is I mean his his pro football focus grade looks phenomenal. Has it been that good? It can't be right if the run defense is this bad. I mean it, it has it's been good, but they've been running away from him a lot and he hasn't been, you know, he was technically I think a starter last week, but he's only getting I think around 30-40% of the snaps. Um, who knows if that's going to change with Ezekiel Ansa in the game, but he's he's kind of more of a, a five-tech anyways rather than a, a seven-tech. So, right. I mean, he's definitely been the one good thing on the defensive line because there really hasn't been anything else unless you consider Devon Kennard, you know, an edge rusher, more of a linebacker really. But, yeah, right. I, he, I think he's definitely outperformed his expectations, especially as, you know, a fourth-round pick. But – it's not enough. It's clearly not enough. Right. Yeah. It, there's, there's problems there. Obviously. Um, and, and, and would the Ashawn Robinson healthy scratch? What, what, was there anything behind that or just a bad week of practice or. I mean, throwing up our hands about that one. Yeah. yeah. That's rough, man. I mean, he, he very clearly lost his starting job to Ricky Jean early on in, in the process. And 
who knows if he was the kind if if he was the kind of guy that they would have drafted had Matt Patricia been part of the uh, the defense back then. But you know, he got he got what I want to say around thirty percent of the snaps last week. Looked better. Again, still not good enough because the Lions gave up almost two hundred yards rushing. But right. um, I, I think he might be chipping back into the not necessarily starting lineup, but heavy rotation there. Um, let me move back to the defense real quick. Let's talk some injury stuff. You mentioned Trey Flowers uh, out, Patrick Chung also out with with concussions each. Who are the guys that can come in there and 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 make plays if anybody? Um, I know you mentioned Trey Flowers is kind of a huge loss in the middle of the game. Do you think the Patriots come back with a full week of practice, you know, basically preparing to be without Trey Flowers? Do you think they come back a little stronger in that position? You know, I think uh, what, what Patriots fans are kind of excited about is this could be the weekend we see Derek Rivers make his NFL debut, mm. um, where he's been, you know, obviously he had the ACL last year um, and missed the entire season in pre, you know, ACL in preseason. Uh, he's been a healthy scratch the first two weeks. And, um, you know, realistically, there's just a lot of decent personnel ahead of him. There's, you know, there's Trey Flowers and, and Adrian Claiborne, Diedrich Wise Jr. Um, has been, a, you know, an emerging guy. Uh, he's a rookie last year and is, is really looking solid. Uh, literally nobody played up to their level last week. And then, uh, yeah, when, and, you know, we've seen a lot of edge stuff um, with Dante Hightower and Kyle Van Noy kind of also, you know, getting a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, pass rush snaps as well. So um, without flowers in there, uh, the, the thought would be the nat- natural inclination would be uh, that rivers would be active. And then uh, there's uh, another guy, Keontae Davis, who was uh, a, a guy who was on the NFI list all last year. He's, he's just bad. And they've been, they've been kind of forcing him into, into the lineup because he also contributes on special teams. Um, the hope is Derek rivers can get in there and kind of show some shake and wiggle and, and on the edge and show what he's got because in preseason, he looked awesome. All right. We're coming down the stretch here. So we're going to transition into our game. Things we think we know instead of giving a score prediction, because those are basic, 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 basic. We're going to tell you what we know that we think we know will happen in lions Patriots on Sunday night football. Jeremy, why don't you top us off? Start us, start us, start us off here. All right, I'm going to I'm going to go a little bold right now and I'm going to say I think I know that there will be at least 600 passing yards in this game. Four. Yeah, and I know <laughs> I know we, we were talking a little bit how the Patriots might come out and try to pound the ball a little bit in this game, but with Darius Slay out with the Lions the rest of the Lions secondary looking like a mess, maybe Deshaun Shed comes in here and, and shows something that he didn't show enough in training camp to make the team. I doubt it though. Uh, and, and we should probably also mention, you know, that uh, we, we briefly mentioned Rob Gronkowski's name. He popped up on the injury report on Thursday with an ankle injury. I think he probably still plays because he's a monster. And then on the when the Lions have the ball, the Patriots have kind of looked vulnerable themselves. They don't really have a great pass rush. And with Patrick Chung being out there secondary, seems like it might be vulnerable at this point. I think Stafford is going to throw the ball a ton in this game probably going to be playing from behind in this game. So yeah, I think we're going to see a total of 600 yards in this game through the air. Corius, Corius indeed. Yeah. Brian, what what do you think you think you know about this? Uh bold prediction for me, I think that there is going to be you know, I just had this gut feeling that Lil John is going to show up at halftime. 
you know, I, I don't know what mm. it is. I'm, I, yeah. What? You know, it's, <laughs> um, I, I, I like that prediction out of, uh, out of Jeremy, um, because the Patriots, they, yes, I think they're going to run a little more, but they're always, they're always running just strictly, you know, the, the whole offense runs through the pass, but even with Darius Slay out, literally anybody can cover Chris Hogan. I'm telling you, literally, <laughs> I, literally anybody can cover him. You guys, um, I'm let's yeah. take this. Can we take this clip and play it on Sunday when we record our podcast and show you how wrong you were? Maybe uh, yeah, oh, yes, please. But my favorite, I love getting my takes thrown right back at me. <laughs> I've gotten really good at it. Um, you know, I, I think uh, if I have to come up with a bold prediction, I'm going to say we get, uh, I think the Lions cover uh, that seven, no problem. I think they move the ball very efficiently. Uh, maybe, well, maybe not efficient. But I know I, there's going to be some high totals. So I love the 600 yard prediction, um, and I think the Lions do cover. Uh, I think the Patriots pull out, uh, you know, pull out a, you know, maybe a, a four point game, um, and the defense, you know, comes up with a turnover at the end. And then I think we have maybe an icier than expected handshake post game. Ooh. Hmm. Just because I don't, you know, that, there's no reason for it, but maybe <laughs> just because, just because, and then the takes will fly. Keep going. Oh, they keep going. They just, they never stop up there. It's, it's a constant take. It's a constant take deluge, you know, just oh, yeah. Sources, on story, you know, story, sources close to the situation say the chance shake lasted less than 0.75 seconds because Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia, you know, it's, yeah, it's going to be, it Again, be bad. this is what I love about the New England Patriots fan base too. And, and most of Boston sports talk <laughs> is that things like this and the Bill Belichick book, Every other sport fan looks at this and, and thinks like, oh, that's neat. Okay, that's a little weird. Whatever. Okay, that's kind of cool and titillating. And they go about their day. And the New England fan, the New England fan is just looking for the goddamn grassy knoll. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, a, it's guys, you have to understand, there is a massive conspiracy, okay? And Spursa. Yeah, and everything, nothing is as it appears, you guys, because... Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have the greatest relationship of any two adult males, maybe ever, guys. I'm 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 talking ever. Uh, they've been together for 19 years. They go on long walks together around the around the stadium. Um, you know, that's what Patriots fans legitimately want people to hear. Uh, you know, and any anything to the contrary is fake news and uh, and biased reporting. So. Well, that's, thanks, thanks yeah, for that. I'm sure next, next time we cover the New England Patriots, we'll have Alex Jones on to ter- tell us the dastardly <laughs> plan by Bill Belichick to turn all the frogs gay as well. Oh, so, yeah. It's happening. <laughs> all right, Welcome everyone. Here. That's it for First Bite. Brian Phillips, as always, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, pimp your stuff a little bit. Yeah, um, at, you know, Phillips underscore SB on Twitter. Um had a piece come out today about the personnel packages and how George Josh Gordon is uh, is arriving just on time and going to have a piece coming out tomorrow just with some game notes, some of the stuff we touched on today. Um, check it out at passpulpit.com. And uh, yeah, well, you, say t- you say tomorrow. We're recording on a Thursday. So when this launches, it'll be coming out Thursday night, Friday morning. So keep an eye on Pass Pulpit. It's probably up while you're listening to this right now. Yeah, on Friday, Friday morning, it should be up. Excellent. Excellent. As always, Brian, thanks for joining us. As always, thanks to Jeremy for being here and being Jeremy and covering 
covering the nerd stuff. And thanks to me, and thanks to me, Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T on Twitter for doing an adequate job hosting this thing. Thank you, everyone. Lions, Patriots, Sunday night, Sunday night. (laughs) See you, Starside. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.